Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Carl Mollison, director and founder of the Get Wisdom Project. Today's episode is divine intervention throughout history. This sounds like a really interesting episode, Carl, something that a lot of people really should be interested in. Well, uh, we certainly hope so because it's important. And there needs to be time in life and room to consider what's truly important. We talked a couple of shows ago about the fact we have an extraterrestrial problem. And that immediately brands anyone as a tinfoil hat wearer. We understand that. But again, it's better to know than not know if there's something going wrong. And one of the interesting things about this is it's nothing new. Creator has pointed out to us that the Bible itself is a whistleblowing document about this very problem the combination of dark spirits interfering with us and extraterrestrials interfering with us. So we're going to talk today about some of the events in the past, and it goes way back to the pre-biblical era, at least when it was written. And that's to illustrate this fact that some of these cataclysmic events and miracles recounted in the Bible were actual divine interventions. Indeed. Carl, why is humanity being interfered with by extraterrestrial races? Well, I've asked this question of Creator in my channeling because I can speak to Creator intuitively and Creator will answer through me and I record the words that come through. This is not me. I can assure you of that. So I'll leave it to you all to judge where this is coming from. And Here's what Creator says about this issue. Are we being interfered with? There are many reasons on many levels, and like humans themselves, there is a mix of viewpoints, a mix of desires, and a mix of intentions. In the end, what will matter is solely the desires of the leadership, as these are authoritarian regimes who are under lockstep, oversight, and control by a long-standing hierarchy that keeps things in alignment and working for them. So the investment here has been tremendous, certainly from your perspective, having been involved in the earth plane for tens of thousands of years by all parties still present. With that kind of investment in using, exploiting, manipulating humanity for various purposes, the natural desire is to get all they can. So they have a long-standing presence and interest in tinkering with human, exploiting, manipulating, and taking away things of value. This began with natural resources and mining operations hundreds of thousands of years in the past and using humans as slave beings for that purpose. The more recent manipulations have been involved with having playthings and having a way to exert their power and have beings who are truly expendable to manipulate and subjugate and punish for their own gratification. This is a form of depravity that is very much like some authoritarian regimes in the human realm who preyed on others 
they felt were weaker or less deserving and drew a kind of enjoyment from the subjugation and witnessing the suffering. There are beings who use you as food. There are beings who use you as instruments to confound and confuse other humans and take delight in orchestrating all these schemes of subterfuge to drag things down to lower levels of efficiency and progress. They ultimately are serving as well their own minions, the alien gray beings who have studied human genetics for tens of thousands of years as a kind of laboratory project seeking to improve their own genome. And so humanity has served as a pool of unwitting guinea pigs for that enterprise as well. They have some interest at the moment to keep humanity going, but they are tiring of this game. It is costing them greatly in terms of energy and the complications that are growing as the divine realm continues with the shift in consciousness to make humans who escape their grip. Wow. I mean, there's so much there. Um, we don't have time to go deep into it, but it, the impression definitely is that the ETs see us as an extension of their own resources, that we're here for them, they're not here for us. Yes, absolutely. And this is a, a shock and a disappointment to all those who have been programmed to believe any ET must be advanced, therefore they must have worked through all the issues about negativity and needing war and strife to get by and, and would be exalted and quite advanced in thinking and benevolent. Yeah, and well, unfortunately, the opposite is the wow. case regarding the, as well. Yes, the physical ETs. There are advanced beings all over the universe, but they're in a higher dimension. We're in the learning curve as physical beings, and these ETs never evolved, and they're in our face right now. So let's go back to some of the early uh, early events here. Indeed. And start Carl, who with caused, that. Who caused the downfall of Atlantis? Was it a war involving extraterrestrials, and if so, which ones? All right, so this goes way, way back. We're talking a long time ago, and this is what Creator says about this. It's not a mythical realm. It is a real place that existed and was inundated by flooding and, and submerged under the ocean uh, surface as a result of this calamity. And so here's what Creator says about this. This was a war among the extraterrestrials and was specifically involving the Arcturians and the Reptilians. The Anunnaki, as always, were above the fray, but the relative newcomers were jockeying for position and wanting to demonstrate their capabilities, and this was highly destructive for both and led to the near destruction of humanity yet again. This was the event leading to the fall of Atlantis approximately 26,000 years ago. The story of Atlantis was one of extraterrestrial manipulation to a greater extent than it happened previously for quite a long period of time. The civilization present and reaching its zenith in that era had a relatively free hand to explore, to innovate, and to maintain a reasonable degree of spiritual awareness. 
This is because of the great geographic distances of the era and the fact that the major slave period had wound down as the Anunnaki no longer needed large numbers of slaves on the earth. But this inevitably was too tempting to leave on its own and drew interest of the reptilians who entered the picture and the Arcturians who were present prior to this, resented this intrusion and war broke out. Humans were caught in the middle and there was much devastation planet-wide with many upheavals because of the widespread devastation and destruction unleashed by the extraterrestrial technologies. As always, humans were simply pawns in the game, representing a prize of sorts, but one that could be expendable from their perspective of both sides and therefore could be annihilated simply to punish the other extraterrestrial group to prevent them from winning the prize of control over humans. So this was a quite dark time indeed. It was for the purpose of carrying out an extermination that the extraterrestrial alliance was first formed. This was nearly successful, but was again constrained by divine intervention. And at this point, the extraterrestrial alliance lost their interest in finalizing things. And the reason was the curiosity of the Arcturians, and especially the Arcturian greys, in further understanding the novel aspects of the divine human, in seeing the immortal nature close at hand and by following generations of humans coming and going, were intrigued with possibilities of discovering the secrets of this and incorporating this within their own lineage. And so this was the way the divine realm kept open a lifeline, although the trade-off was allowing humans to become the guinea pigs for research and exploitation by the Arcturians and the Arcturian greys in studying the human genome. You know, creators explained that the destruction of the civilization of Atlantis was an extraterrestrial war between the Arcturians and the Reptilians, which nearly wiped out humanity altogether. Was that the most devastating of consequences prevented by divine intervention? And if so, why? These are creators' words. This is the most interesting aspect of the story of Atlantis. This was not the wrath of God in evidence. It was the wrath of the depraved extraterrestrial races, devoid of ability to feel and express love, jockeying for position and dominance to be in alliance with the Anunnaki who preceded them and established a colony here on Earth among you and maintained a dominant stranglehold on human civilization and progress, having controlled humans and used them for slaves and food as well. To gain favor with the Anunnaki, these other extraterrestrials wanted to be of service and competed with one another for recognition and status. And this brought things to a head and led to violence and a war broke out that was quite destructive to the environment and killed many, many people. This led to a divine rescue and once again to prevent things from getting totally out of hand through a reckless disregard for human life. That is what allowed the persistence of humans in a number of locations that were distant enough and of lesser significance tactically to the extraterrestrial alliance, that they were subsequently ignored for an extended period of time and were able to rebound and grow in number. And this is how humanity survived and bounced back, in effect, from this most serious of calamities. 
Well, well, we've certainly talked in the past how this is a free will zone and we're down here to explore uh, that aspect of our existence. Um, but apparently they have free will too, but occasionally when things get out of hand so far, we see the divine coming in to save us. Yes, and this is the saving grace. And it has literally allowed humanity to survive all this time. This was 26,000 years ago. And one of the things people don't know is humanity was annihilated once by the Anunnaki. And humanity was restarted by Creator. So this is round two for us. But things are kind of coming to a head once again. And the problem is we've so drifted away from believing in God, believing in the Almighty, and worship in the way of communing, connecting, and asking for partnership and assistance that we're truly more and more on our own. And we can go down. We can go under being on our own. Speaking of going under, let's fast forward a little bit and ask the question, was the flood in Noah's day caused by the Anunnaki? Well, this is quite interesting. Creator answers this as follows. Yes, this is very much the case. And we can share with this with you now because you have asked about the extraterrestrial involvement with earth changes and natural disasters of many kinds. This is no different. It was an engineered disaster and was done to decimate the human life, which at that point was clustered around the ocean coastlines and other bodies of water, all of which were deluged with tremendous rains and the rising of the sea from giant tsunamis. The latter were initiated by manipulation of the sea floor or other structures at the water's edge that could be manipulated to collapse and start giant waves to move forth. The combination of the turmoil to the sea level and the torrential rains was sufficient to cause widespread devastation and the loss of life as recaptured in many historical accounts and presumed by mythologies handed down by word of mouth among the indigenous peoples tracing back to those times. Wow. Manipulation of the seafloor. You know, that reminds me of a more recent event, Fukushima in Japan. That was the result of a tsunami, and that was a movement of the seafloor as well. I think it leaped up or something or dropped down like eight feet, and that's yes. what caused the tsunami. So the movement of the seafloor, that's, that's an interesting dynamic. Well, um, it, they, they haven't lost their touch. They, they can no. cause all kinds of natural disasters, and that's, that's a whole other discussion. But you're seeing the evidence coming from the deep past. And these have been advanced beings billions of years in advance of us. Well, it's such a shame that they use all that advancement for their own aggrandizement and don't give a whit about us, apparently. Yes. Was the flood described that took place in... I'm sorry, Carl, go ahead. I was agreeing with you, that's all. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> was the flood described that took place in Noah's day reduced in severity by divine intervention to help preserve humanity? And Creator answers this as follows. This is very much the case. We were able to reduce and thwart 
a number of the calamitous so-called natural disasters they created to inflict punishment and destruction on human civilization. This could have annihilated humanity altogether and is the reason the stories persist from those prehistoric ancient times all the way to the present because the events themselves were supernatural in forcefulness and all but overwhelmingly lethal in their effect on humans of the day. It was through a divine rescue that enough were spared to keep humanity going and allow a recovery. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. Um, I know a lot of people are going to struggle thinking, can this possibly be real, this level of detail that we're bringing through? But it makes sense, Carl. It makes a lot of sense. Well, and the, the proof is in the pudding. And if you look around and see what goes on today and contrast that with the message creator has given us, that the earth is supposed to be a gentle nest for the divine human, not a place filled with periodic catastrophes bombarding us with uncertainty. If we dare live near the ocean that will be swept off the earth by the winds of hurricanes, the storms with tornadoes that go across many areas of the world, and on and on and on, the torrential rains that cause flooding and kill livestock and human beings and decimate crops, the droughts, the fires, the widespread fires that come again and again and again. This is the extraterrestrial handiwork. It sounds nuts. I totally grant you. But yet at the same time, we know through history and through experience that these things happen. And yet people have this attitude like we do live in a nest, maybe because there's an, a, an expectation of that from way back. But, you know, people build on the coastlines. They don't they don't take the precautions necessary, even though we have a violent past in terms of our planet. Yeah, well, it's it's complacency. And if you think it's just an occasional rumble by the planet, it doesn't seem so threatening, so menacing. And that's because we're conditioned. It's just part of life. And normally, you only read or see it secondhand. You're not living through it. But I can tell you there's many people who, once they go through a hurricane and ride it out, move away. <laughs> they they don't want to be a target yet again. So yeah, this, this noticed, is part of the existence. It's something about us that requires... For many of us, anyway, almost direct experience of hardship before we kind of get it. You know, we have a hard yeah. time learning from the experience of others, and the experience of others includes the past. Yeah. Well, and despite the dark message we're giving you, the, the saving grace here is there is a divine answer. This can be fixed, and we'll be talking about that because it's the main aspect of our message and our outreach. Yeah, exactly. I want to underscore that, that the important thing, the reason we're here is to bring forward that hope and that that capacity to do something about these problems. It's quite profound. Well, we're blessed with the ability to tap into the divine realm and learn the truth about things. Carl, Few we're up on a break. people can do this. <laughs> sorry, sorry to jump in there. We're up on a break. Um, be sure to check out GetWisdom.com, and we'll be right back after this.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Do you have audacious faith for your business? We help you to learn more about stepping out on faith to brand your business and yourself in today's crowded, competitive marketplace. Is your marketing plan in order? How do you set yourself apart? Audacious Faith for Your Business with host Dawn Jordan-Jones will teach you the methods that can make yourself and others aware of who you are. Audacious Faith for Your Business is broadcast live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in and see your hard work pay off. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome to the second segment of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian, along with Carl. Um, in this, uh, this segment, we're going to rewind a little bit we were talking about the flood of noah we're going to go between the flood of noah and the fall of atlantis to about ten thousand years ago with the end of the last ice age when the Puyallup indians in north america northwest talk about ancestors that lived in the time of the saber-toothed tiger and the mammoth elephants uh, at the time the Puyallups talk about how their ancestors lived in stick uh, houses they, they they're up on stilts because the, the saber-toothed tiger was extremely vicious and effective and they had to live like 10 feet off the ground in still homes and able to survive. And the mammoths would come in and tear them down on occasion. So they were constantly buffeted between being exposed to the tigers and then having to rebuild only to see it all collapse again. So together these animals created a one-two punch of scourge that made life exceedingly difficult for the people. Is their story handed down through the ages correct and were these people, in effect, rescued by the flood described by Noah because it destroyed these predators? Okay, and here's Creator's answer to this question. This is somewhat a mixing and matching of history and the historical elements of a profound sort that left a mark on things. These Indians were present during the flood period and were rescued because they were warned in advance the waters would rise. But this is not what annihilated these creatures. That was done by virtue of the divine realm in answering the plea of these suffering humans who were indeed plagued 
again and again, with many disappointments and the loss of property in painstakingly constructed dwellings to provide islands of safety in the air, so to speak, to keep them out of the reach of the tigers, only to see them attacked and destroyed by the quite aggressive mastodons. All these animals were extraterrestrial in origin and brought to Earth specifically for the purpose of pressuring humanity and causing widespread destruction and suffering. It was feasible for the divine realm to see to their removal in response to the outcry of humans in their grief and mourning of their fellows ravaged by these beasts. And this was seen to be needed to provide a turning point and stem the tide of attrition. This could easily have been a massive worldwide annihilation of humanity all on its own. And has happened time and again, the divine realm was moved to disrupt the plans of the interlopers to minimize their reach. This they have interpreted as the inadequacy of these aggressive creatures to do the deed fully and was not seen to be supernatural in thwarting their plans, but rather the hope that dominance of these species would win the day and so disrupt human plans and take lives directly that this would tip the balance towards annihilation. And when this failed to happen, they simply wrote this off to an unexpected and somewhat inexplicable weakness in their plan. They attributed the eventual reduction and disappearance of these creatures altogether to the lack of adaptation to the Earth environment. Wow. I mean, the very notion that the saber-toothed tiger and the, and the mastodon are not native to Earth and were simply imported here. Um, well, that, that's a revelation in itself. Absolutely. And it also fits with this perspective. Those beings don't truly belong among human beings, aggressive creatures of this sort, especially predators that are meat eaters and will kill humans savagely and willingly at every opportunity. Those kinds of large predatory species don't belong on the earth as a haven for the divine human. And the fact they're here, it it makes sense that there was another cause that's non-divine. This provides the answer. Wow, and and the irony is that the ETs saw that as a failure, when in fact their plan was all too brilliant and was close to working. And without the divine realm intervention, it probably would have succeeded. Yes, yes, yes. And But it illustrates the fact we have had divine protection again and again, but it's nip and tuck. It's not guaranteed. It's not certain. And it's subject to human whim, human need, but involvement to yes. request the divine realm's assistance. If we're passive, we're left on our own here. That's how this works. That's why prayer is needed. It's not that the Almighty is unaware you have needs and that you're suffering. The Almighty is inside of you, watching it all, experiencing it all, feeling it all, but unable to act unless you speak out. And that is part of the setup here. It's a test of us, and it's a difficult one. 
Indeed. Let's look at another example, Carl. Standing water around areas identified as the remains of Sodom and Gomorrah reportedly contains enough radioactivity to cause sterilization if ingested. In the story of Lot in the Bible, the angel told Lot, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Was the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah the work of the Anunnaki? Was it part of a larger plan to annihilate humanity that was stayed by divine intervention? Yeah, this is another interesting example in a story from uh, biblical uh, scripture. And as is always the case, anything bad that happens to human beings is blamed on humans or on God. God is the culprit. God was wrathful. God was angry. God wreaked havoc as punishment on evildoers among the people. And this, this sort of narrative, that is never the case. Yes, people may have been wayward. They may have been really on the brink of serious depravity because they were undermined so by the interlopers and their manipulations. But the problem in terms of human suffering and destruction is the interlopers, not the divine. So here's what Creator says about that incident. This was an annihilation, not of humanity entirely, but was an alien-mounted military-style assault done through advanced weapons to cause massive destruction and was an instance of friction within the extraterrestrial alliance that came to a head, and this was dealt with simultaneously as a form of efficiency. This was foreseen by the divine realm, and the warning was given in order to protect the humans in the vicinity. This was not the action of a wrathful God, but the follow-on of corruption induced by the dark spirit extraterrestrial alliance wanting to drag humanity down, misdirect and misguide them into self-indulgence, depravity, and then conflict with one another, and to reinforce a worsening of things with a tremendous assault without a seeming cause. And this is what took place and was recounted with fair accuracy as a great conflagration that was awesome to behold and would be fatal to view directly. There are many such doings of the extraterrestrials whether for annihilation of a small number or a large number of human beings, it is seen to on a regular basis because this is the lifestyle of the extraterrestrial interlopers who entertain themselves by promoting human folly and unleashing punishment of all kinds in arbitrary ways often masked as natural disasters or using humans to attack one another. This is an entertainment for them, and while devastating and destructive on whatever scale is involved, it matters little to the extraterrestrials who view all humans as expendable. And while they have enjoyed dominating them, subjugating and manipulating humanity for many thousands of years, have had times when annihilation was decided on and this was forestalled. This is what needs to happen now and soon. And the reason your efforts need greater support 
with more people praying for divine assistance and more people learning to request advanced healing for the interlopers and for all of humanity. This is greatly needed in order to turn the tide once again. Wow. You know, the one theme I see in this is that when there is divine intervention, there are warnings that go out to the people. Uh, Creator had mentioned that with the Puebla people as well. And and one detail I didn't mention was that it came through their local shamans, um, the message to carry their canoes up the mountain. And only a few did that. Most of the community laughed and thought it was ridiculous. And it was the ones who who followed the word and followed up the mountain and got to the canoes. They're the ones that were saved. And we see that in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot being told, yes. get out of here. And it was the few that listened that yes. got out that were surviving. We see this theme over and over. Yes. And we just got a warning from Creator and what was <laughs> just spoken. Yep. yep. This needs to happen now, a divine intervention. And you guys listening to this need to prime it. Brian and I cannot do this on our own. It's only two people out of seven billion wanting this to be so. We need more. We need a critical mass, a quorum. And so this, you know, Noah is another example of yeah. someone who was warned. Indeed. What does the story, I'm sorry, what does the story of the great flood experienced by Noah teach us about today's world? This is what Creator says about this. Creator's intention all along is to have humanity surmount its obstacles, learn from the many challenges that come again and again, to require an active effort to surmount, all of which adds greatly to the richness of experience in dealing with the physical realm and its demands, the fragility of life and vulnerability of a physical form being a major liability. All of human experience is merely preparation for a vast and glorious future in higher dimensions. But it is necessary to meet these challenges and to triumph over the evil wishing to constrain and limit and ultimately destroy the human enterprise. That learning, although hard won and incurring painful karmic obligations and liabilities that carry forward, is a true blessing because the strengthening that will result from taking on the challenge and prevailing will be a true test of greatness and a preparation like none other for handling any kind of adversity that might arise in the future. We expect that there will be nothing in human future to match the level of difficulty they have had to face through history in dealing with the sources of evil brought by this group of depraved beings into your realm and all the manipulation that has resulted and the worsening by karmic wounding, demanding restitution and repayment to rebalance things, all of which acts as an anchor, holding back the collective of humanity from achieving the enlightenment that has been planned now through all of the existence of humanity, but still remains beyond reach. Humanity has never come this close heretofore. This is truly the final push, the ultimate test of whether humanity can go the distance and obtain enough healing to survive and prevail over the interlopers and then transcend the negativity and liability it creates within your personal karmic history to keep dragging everyone down. 
enough healing must be done for the collective humanity to break free of this trap. It is possible. It can happen. You are figuring out the tools needed and putting them to use. The odds have never been greater than today for the ultimate success of the human project. If you keep going, you can win this. Wow. So the question that I'm getting out of this, Carl, is, you know, what is the purpose of evil and why are we exposed to it? It's a test. We're being tested to see if we can rise above, not just rise above it, but, but overcome it in a way as well. Yes, and we need, we need to, to solve it. it. Yes, yes. And, and we need partnership with the divine realm in order to do that. We can't do it all on our own. And that's part of the lesson that's involved here is that we have to grow up and, and un, you know, recognize reality, be able to you know, disassemble what's going on historically and in the present, figure it out, become wise, and then apply that wisdom to create that partnership and clean up the environment that needs to get cleaned up, inspire the people that need to be inspired, do the work. There's a lot that has to get done here. Yes, absolutely. And the situation is grave, but we underestimate our capabilities. We are actually literally part of the divine, and Creator made that clear in little bits and pieces through this discourse that we're an extension of Creator's consciousness. And that's what it means. Not just we're some bright idea, like someone sketching something on a pad that comes to life and, and it's just like a cartoon but actually literally a part of the Almighty. But we're hindered, we're constrained, we're dimmed down, we're physically weak and vulnerable. And that's because we're in this training ground that constrains us for a reason. So we don't run amok with great powers. And unfortunately, the ETs are well ahead of us chronologically. And so they have technology. And that seems formidable, but it's no match for divine power. And that's our ace in the hole. Indeed. It seems like we're evolving towards the kind of powers that were, were shown to us occasionally throughout history, that Christ came down and showed us, you know, that there's a great, fantastic future for humanity. And the ETs have kind of cheated on that by getting technology. They took a shortcut. And as a result, they have pretty impressive powers through their technology. But they're obviously using it for self-aggrandizement and exploitation, and they're going to end up paying the ultimate price in the end for that. Well, karma is catching up with them. They're losing their mojo. They're losing their energy, their grip on things, their power. There's more disaffection, dissension in the ranks, and so on. And that's a consequence of living depraved lives. You know, this is this is the most harsh environment one can imagine to live in a hierarchy of power where your overlords will snuff you out without a second thought. This is a nightmare and that is their world. They brought it to us. We need to help them heal and that will heal us in the bargain. We have the tools to do it. We're up against another break, Carl. Boy, these come awfully fast. Be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com and get the Lightworker Healing Protocol uh, book that will explain the training that's involved. That's getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be back after this break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Something beautiful is happening on Mondays here each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join Rachel Corpus, angel communicator and psychic medium, along with her holy team, The Collective, when they'll share messages that guide you, heal you, and remind you that you are divine. Rachel loves introducing people to their own angels, and now she is here each week to do just that and so much more. Catch the show, You Are Divine, every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to our last segment of Get Wisdom. We've got a lot to cover, so we're going to just jump right into it. A theory was advanced recently by a professor that the Exodus occurred 250 to 300 years earlier than historical records describe the flight of the Israelites from Egypt to the settlement of Palestine. This would make a coincidence with evidence of a volcanic eruption, which is speculated to explain the accounts of the sky darkening, a sudden flooding that drowned Egyptian soldiers, etc. Some scholars even question whether the Exodus was an actual historical event. Can you share with us whether the Exodus really happened and what part was played by the divine realm? All right, and these are Creator's words, as I have channeled in response to this question. His is a nice theory, but it is incorrect. It is like many such speculations that are turned to by the many non-believers among the academic community, seeking prosaic explanations, usually involving an act of nature, so-called, to explain away an otherwise supernatural event being described. These are almost always truly supernatural, being an otherworldly event induced for a purpose to wreak havoc which is then blamed on God wanting it to happen and God's vengeance in action and so on. The events recounted here were true miracles and were an example of divine intervention specifically to arrange escape, rescue, and further survival of the Israelites as recounted in the scriptures. So this was very definitely a divine intervention from first to last. 
to allow the escape from Egypt as recounted and the events involved were divine orchestrations. Was the exodus and the eruption of Santorini and Moses Mountain, and presumably other volcanoes in the region as well, part of a wider agenda to annihilate or cripple humanity, and was divine intervention actively involved in preserving human life and human civilization? And Creator says, this too is correct and is not in conflict with the story of Exodus being a divine rescue. The volcanic eruptions in question were done by the manipulation of Earth forces by using the technology of the extraterrestrial alliance to disrupt human culture and cause massive casualties. This is something they've done over and over through time with reckless disregard for consequences and can at times come close to annihilating an entire people or all present within a wide region of the Earth. This is not hard to achieve with a severe volcanic eruption alone when a massive cloud of volcanic ash reaches this stratosphere and may persist for a prolonged interval and cause a kind of nuclear winter, so to speak, to interrupt weather patterns and safety of humans. That was the case here and was done in juxtaposition with other planning of the extraterrestrial alliance simply as part of their heavy-handed inflicting of evil actions often causing casualties. It was not a mass annihilation to reach totality, but was quite devastating in its own right and was attenuated, at least, by divine intervention. This can always be done if there is a human need and a human desire and a human outreach to request assistance. That was the case here. There were enough believers to mount requests for help that were answered and helped preserve life to a much greater degree than would otherwise be the case. In the biblical account of Exodus, the Jews, led by Moses, escaped the bondage of Egyptian slavery by fleeing through a parted Red Sea and survived off of manna while wandering the desert. Manna has been described as a real phenomenon, namely a volcanic fallout in the form of an ingestible carbohydrate. Was the Red Sea parted by divine intervention, and was manna a natural substance or a miraculous food source? Ken Creator says about this, both of these events were true miracles of divine intervention. The Red Sea was parted, as described by the Bible, and this was to provide an escape route for the exodus and to preserve the lives of those fleeing the oppressors. They were further supported exactly as described for an extensive period through having food bestowed on a daily basis that was created for their benefit and brought forth again and again and again for them to keep going and not perish under quite harsh environmental conditions and the need to be in hiding hiding that they perceived essential to survival. This was a further blessing that was made possible by the outreach for help and rescue they themselves mounted. And this was supported for this long period of time, which was necessary to make the rescue fully successful and not one of a temporary nature. Keep in mind that all you think of as matter is only energy. Energy can be shaped and repurposed reworked from one configuration to another if one knows how. 
So the creation of organic material is simply a specific energetic configuration that holds within it the molecular attributes that make it compatible with the human physiology as a source of energy and nutrition. This is quite straightforward and can be done by human light beings. So it was a simple matter for the divine realm to do over and over and over if the need arises. Wow. Carl, we're going to fast forward all the way to the 20th century and bring forward a, a more recent example of this. Um, General Patton in World War II had a chaplain prepare a weather prayer that was handed out to the 250,000 troops involved in the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. Did this one prayer turn the tide? What would the likely outcome have been if the Germans succeeded in their plan to destroy the point, the port of Antwerp, the only fully operational seaport on the entire European coastline at the time, and which was critical for supplying the Allied war effort on the mainland? And Creator says, this prayer was of substantial benefit. And as you can appreciate from our prior tutorials on prayer, we can parse things quite finely to act on those things appropriate and disregard those that may not be. We understand humans are variable and are not in a state of perfection. We cannot support the killing of humans by anyone. But that is not to say we cannot support the survival of a group of soldiers in battle. This prayer was instrumental in turning the tide in that theater of war to favor the Allies by a suspension of the inclement weather that was bogging things down and preventing air attacks to support the ground troops effectively. The port in question was also instrumental to the war effort on the part of the Allies, and everything would have unraveled if that were impaired. So this was a key turning point in the European campaign to win the war. There were many such events when prayer factored into things and gave the Allies an advantage. But again, this was not to aid the slaughter of the enemy. It was to aid those on the side of right to preserve their lives. They then made the choice to engage in combat and for which they paid a price karmically. That price will continue for all of the players involved, directly and indirectly, and in particular those members of the extraterrestrial alliance participating in the creation of the conflict in the first place, and the prolonged agony that resulted, extending even to this very day. Do there continue to be many times when the divine realm prevents or limits a disaster? Creator says, there are many situations of this kind where we can make a difference, if not prevent the catastrophic events unleashed in an entirety. So the recent hurricane in Florida is an example where this powerful storm moved inland directly up the center of the state from its southernmost tip. And it was predicted to result in huge storm surges that would flood extremely large areas of the southern Florida cities, which would be ruinous to the dwellings and their occupants. This surge was attenuated as a consequence of prayer to the divine. So people may wonder, where was God during Hurricane Irma? 
Our answer is we were holding back the storm surge and attenuating the winds to reduce the impact of their violent actions. We did not prevent the storm or eliminate it entirely, but made a material difference. And that was really the doing of humans. We were using the power of prayer requests that were generated to enable our benefit to unfold. If the prayers had been more fervent by more people and with greater belief in the possibility of a divine intervention and that the humans themselves were worthy of divine rescue, then the storm could have been blocked more completely. So what happened was not God's choosing to limit the benefit to some and allow others to lose their homes or to be killed. This was entirely in the hands of humans to enlist our help or not. We were responding in proportion to the human request. The object lesson in all of this is that we do what humans desire. And so there must be a human response to each and every injustice and inequity and a corresponding outreach to us with a request for assistance and support and healing love to be brought forth to assist all perpetrator and victim both. Carl, we're down to like two and a half minutes, so let's get this last one in quickly. Given the power over us held by the Dark Spirit Extraterrestrial Alliance, what will happen to us? This is a back and forth contest and a kind of tug of war playing out. So the handwriting on the wall currently that the extraterrestrials may well shift their perspective and then the consequences will become more severe than tinkering with you around the edges to keep humans running in circles and fighting among one another, as has happened all through history. We cannot tell you ourselves how this will turn out, as it is up to you. We are waiting to see what you choose. Do you choose to do nothing? Do you choose to resist actively? Do you choose to bring in a divine partner who does have capability to make a difference without bloodshed? Those are three basic choices, and most are in the first camp, through complacency, mind manipulation, and subjugation, and states of ignorance, all conspiring to keep people looking elsewhere and unable to engage, even with the idea of an extraterrestrial presence, much less there is anything at stake for them. So the destiny of human is in your hands and has been in your hands all along. We have helped to support you, for you are actually an extension of the creator. And this is why our interest is so keen, and we view you with great importance. This is our desire to have the human thrive and expand in all ways. But the test is, can you handle adversity and the encroachment and corruption to appeal to ego and to selfish desires for power. If you fail that test, then the experiment will end. Your souls will live on, but you will not have your world to live in any longer. You will be doing other things and will have missed a tremendous opportunity for a glorious new future. Wow, amazing. So so we we need you guys. We need you to join us. We can't do this. Indeed. Please, please check us out at GetWisdom.com. You can get the book on prayer at GetWisdom.com slash prayer. Uh, Lightworking Appealing Protocol that, uh, definition and explanation at uh, GetWisdom.com slash LHP. Next week, we'll demystify the law of karma 
and its role in healing. So thank you again, Carl, for this wonderful show that we've done today, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 